0: Welcome to the Halakha hour here on Jayru Radio. I didn't want to interrupt the song but we had to go on already. It's 2:09 and we are in the middle of Adar Vav Adar. Tomorrow is Zain Adar, the Yortzei of Moshe Rabenu, the birthday of Moshe Rabenu. So we have a lot of Halakhot to speak about. Of course, the Halakhot of Purim, Hashem, This will be part 1 of uh, part of two-part series that we're going to discuss the halachot of Purim. We're not starting out the halachot the way we have them in the Shohana but what I believe are the, the way people need to prepare for them the best. So let's begin. Let's go straight to the halachot. We'll begin with the halachot of Mishloach Manot. Mishloach Manot, we have a mitzvah like it says in the Megillah itself. That they instituted at the time that the miracle took place in times of Mordechai Esther, that we should give mishloach Ahmanot, Each lereihu, a person must give gifts to each other. Simply translated, mishloach manot is to send gifts each lereihu, one person to his friend. The question is why? Why is it that we have such a takana? Why did they feel that we should give part of the mitzvot of Purim is that we should give mishloach manot? So we find by the Rishonim two explanations, two reasons that are brought down by the Rishonim. One is brought down in the Sefer known as Terumat Haddeshin, which is a book of Halakha. It's quoted constantly, always. You can find it quoted in uh, by the Beit Yosef, by the Darche Moshe. One of the Rishonim, the Terumat Haddeshin, says, this re- the reason why we have... Mishlo Ahmanot is that we have to ensure that every single person, every Jew, has a meal for Purim. Since we can see later on that the days of Purim are yemen,. Mishteve Simha. These are days where we must have a Simha. It must be like a Yom Tov with a feast, with a meal. So Mishlaw is the way that we can ensure everybody has one. You give everybody. Everybody has to give someone. Eventually we make sure that everybody gets Mishlaw That's one reason. The, ma- the other reason that's brought down is found in a sefer known as Manot HaLevi, written by a very famous Kabbalist. Even if you don't learn Kabbalah, it's still by a famous Kabbalist. You know his song, the song of Lehadodi Dodi, Shlomo Al-Kabetz, who is buried in Sfat, as the song says. So Rabbi Shlomo al writes that the second reason for giving Mishloah Manot is in order to increase the love between the Jewish people. Remember what Haman said about the Jewish people in the Megillah. When he wanted to annihilate the Jewish people, he approaches the Hajj and he says, There's a one nation that's divided and spread out. And the Gemara Megillah says, what he meant to say is, that These guys don't get along with each other. You have to worry about them. They're going to unite against you. Don't worry, King Ahasuerus. These guys don't get along with each other. They all are attacking each other. So therefore, they instituted, after we took care of Haman, Mishlo Ahmanot to show the love and to increase the love amongst the Jewish people. These are the two reasons that are brought down for why Mishloh Rahmanot should be given. Now, the halakhot, technically you see that, you know, sometimes you'll see that one reason will apply more than the other, but we try to be Mahmir like both reasons. But, you have to know, first of all, that when we speak about a lot of different details of Mishlo we try to I try to cut down a lot of different halachot that are not so practical, but one thing is that you have to know the Pasuk says Ish <laughs> Lir'ehu, and the halakha tells us that the obligation, the minimum obligation per person is that a person has to give to one person. One man gives to another man, a lady gives to another lady should not be mixed, by the way. Men should not give women. Women should not give men. But women do have to give. They shouldn't rely on the fact that their husbands are giving and it's all considered one family. No. It should be that a lady should give. Does she personally have to give or not? We'll talk about it later on. But that's the minimum one. So therefore, when we speak about all the details, all the things that are required, these are things that a person should try to do at least with one to be to fulfill your obligation. And then afterwards, you could do as you wish. So keep that in mind as we go along. All the details, according to Allah, which are ma'akib, which are a minimum, which one has to do, are only for that one Mishra that you have to give. Otherwise, you can give as you wish, you can give a toy if you like, give money, whatever you like, but that's not really Mishra is as we're going to explain. Of course, a person has a minimum of giving one, but if he wants to give more, even better. Increases the love amongst the Jewish people, like we said, according to Rab Shmuel Alkabetz. Or so even though the people that you're giving, Baruch Hashem, they have, they have food, they have what to eat. Still, the more you give, the better. Like we said, it increase, increases somehow amongst the Jewish people. The question is now, what could a person give for from Manot? Because the pasuk, if you think about it, just the regular translation, it's a little vague. Manot means a gift, a maneh. So, what's a gift? So the halakha brings down that the gifts over here must be either food or drinks. You cannot give anything that's not food or drinks. No clothing, no cigarettes, even the guy is a smoker. I don't know if that's a gift. Or a gift of what? Okay. No money. Even if you're Tamir Hakam to give him as Torah, it's you're not yodse with such gifts. Believe it or not, although that's something that should seem simple, I did see, brought down, by some Aharonim, that as long as one fulfilled his obligation with one Mishloh you could rely that the other things, that if you give money or Hiddushay Torah or even clothing, that could technically count as Mishloh But again, we're dealing here with that one specific mitzvah that's an obligation to be Yot Tseh You need to give food or drinks. Now, when it comes to food, food could also be in the can. Think about it. We all know that we could give a cake, but everybody gives a cake wrapped in a in a, in, a, in a, what's it called? In plastic. So if you want to take off the plastic, or if you want to remove the can, either way, it doesn't make a difference. As long as a person is able to access the food, so that's not a problem. But preferably, Mishabra says, you should not give raw foods. On this Hakam of Adiyah says, by the way, that technically you could be with raw food. Let the guy it's food. Oh, so the guy has to cook it. Okay, he'll put it in, he'll put it on the grill. But technically, you could give raw food. However, it's preferable in order to be yotze dehuma to not give raw foods. Examples of raw food: You can say raw foods. Who's going to give? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go out giving out pieces of steak, ground beef. Say here you go, one uh, one scoop of ground beef for you. No, but I'll tell you what: Some people might not realize. Sometimes, you know, people like to do themes. Not sometimes. Oh, a lot. Most people like to do themes for their Mishloh Manot. One time we did a theme of, I think we did like a coffee cake with a cup of coffee. And we gave those, you know, those coffee samplers that they sell, like Nestor's Choice. So that is really raw food. You can't eat that. It needs to be cooked. Okay, so that's the hot water is, is going to cook it. It's instant, but fine. But that's something like of an example of raw tea bags. Coffee, um, instant soup, all these kind of things. According to Khamar but yeah, technically you could be Yotzeh the So a person is really stuck somewhere, as we talk about at the end. You could use that. But a person should try to give food that a person is able to enjoy right away without having the need to cook it. A question that usually comes up is, what's considered two foods? Could one use, let's say, crackers and a dip? Or, for example, French fries and ketchup. Apple and honey. The real question is, I understand the apple could be considered one of the manot, and French fries could be. So could it a halak, or so could a, uh, crackers. But the question is the dip itself. Can I use, is the hummus counted as a, as a, what's it called? As a manet? Is it ketchup or the honey? So although there are, again, there are opinions are matirit. Here, does not permit using dips as one of the two manot. So therefore, when you're giving again, when you're giving for the sake of being your tzedihob, don't let the hummus or the ketchup or the honey or the mayonnaise be the way to be uh be your second mane, be your second type of food. Next, when when do we have to fulfill the mizab? We all know it's purim, but as the the, the uh, poskim bring down, all these misvod must be fulfilled on purim day, not on. Not during the night, which means that you came out of shul and, or you went to shul on uh, on Leil Purim and you wanted to give somebody the Hanot because you know you're only going to see him then. You could, but you're not. You'll say the chuba with that. You still have to give someone during the day of Purim. Some random halachot, some not random, but some uh, last few pointers regarding Hanot is as follows. The poskim bring down from the pasuk. There is some of the poskim bring this point. Pasuk says mishloah manot. Mishlawah means to send, like with a messenger. And so the question arises: Do we have to send the mishloah through somebody, through a messenger, or can we give the mishloah directly to the person? So the conclusion is that the conclusion is that technically you don't have to. But if a person could be stringent at least for once, for one of the Mishnahmanot to send it through a messenger, this way you cover even the Havaminas of certain poskim. Now, when you're sending your Mishnahmanot, by the way, it's fine to send it through any messenger. Unlike other areas of Halakha where the messenger needs to be somebody who's qualified. For example, in Kiddushin, Halakha technically permits us to be Mekadesh in Isha. A man can be Mekadesh, a woman, through a messenger. He could give somebody the ring or the coin and he tells him, there's a lady in that town, I know what she looks like, he go to her and he say, Hare leploni. You could do that. But over there, the messenger himself has to be qualified. There's halachot over here, when it comes to Manot, to send them through anybody. It's not a problem. Even a child was under the age of Bar Mitzvah, I Means you have your little kids, you want to send them around the neighborhood, throughout the whole block to send him to a Even if you're being yotzei dehobah with those, it's not a problem. As Hatam Sofer explains, the shlichut over here is not the important thing. Rather over here, it's the receiver has to know who it came from, and the gi- and the giver must notify him. So therefore, we don't need to have somebody who is a Bar-Hayyubah. Likewise, you could send your Mishlo with a non-Jew. So if you call up a store and you tell them, please make me a basket and deliver it to my brother, deliver it to my friend, my cousin, and they'll deliver it for you. Of course, Ali De Goy, that's the people who are working there. It's also not a problem. Goyim could deliver your Mishlo You could have your housekeeper deliver your Mishlo It's not a problem. Let's say you had to run out of the house. It's an emergency. And you tell your housekeeper, whoever comes in, this is the Mishlo note you give them on my behalf. It's also not a problem. Remember, you don't need shalihut over here as long as they know. In such a case where you have a housekeeper giving it, sometimes, you know, little kids come to the, house, to the door, they knock, they give you one, and then you give them back. So when they know, you know who's giving you, who's receiving, it, you should write down on the Mishloh Manot your name and give it to others. Uh, so this way people receiving know who came from. By there's as a side point, you should know that recycling in Mishloh Manot is 100% mutar. What does it mean, recycling? We all do it, and it's not a problem. You take somebody, somebody gives you Mishloh Manot, what are you going to do with 700 Mishloh Manot? And Pesas right around the corner. So what we all do is we take the sticker, we slowly, slowly rip off the sticker in a way that doesn't mess everything up. We put another sticker with our name on it and give it. That is 100% mutar, there's no problem. The akar is to receive it. There is a mahlokit between the Ramah and Hatam Sofir. If I give my note to someone, and that someone says, Here, yeah, let's make a name, Michael. Okay, so if I give my Mishra'ma note to Michael, Michael says, I'm it's okay. I got it. Don't worry about it. But I don't want I don't want to bother you, I don't want to burden you. Keep it. I consider it like it was accepted. So in such a case, according to the Ramah, you, you technically, if that was my only note according to the Rahmam, you'll say the The Hatam Sofir and the Hadash disagree over there, but in in other case, but if I did receive it, I don't have to eat it on Purim, I don't have to eat it after Purim, I could do whatever I want with it. I could recycle it and use it for the next person to give it as a Note. That's absolutely not a problem, and we all do it. The best is when you get yours back from somebody else. That's like you know, right? See, it made it so it's round anyway. So, recycling note is also not a problem. Technically, also, if a person chipped in. In a, with a group to buy a mizrah manot, let's say for a rabbi of the shul or for the rabbi of the of the of the class, so this could happen by Bahurim and yeshivot that don't have so much money, and uh, especially ba'alei chuvah that are learning and they don't have so much income and they're learning full time and they, you know, they don't have enough to give everybody and not something mechuba. They could chip in with others and buy one big mizrah manot for the rabbi, and they're yotzei dechuba. The whole group could be if the even if that's the only mizrah manot that they're giving. And like we said beforehand, women have to make sure that Mishroh Manot is being sent from them also. They don't have to actually physically give, but they shouldn't rely on the fact that the family is giving. So let's say the Cohen family is giving 20 Mishroh Manot from the Cohens. It has to be that one of them, in a, the, the husband has in mind that the woman also is fulfilling her Hayyub, not just for himself. So that's an important thing to keep in mind, that ladies are also Hayyab and Mishroh and if they're not going to deliver it to their friends or to their cousins or to their family members, then they should either write their names or that it came from them, that the husband should have her mind and one of the that's for her sake as well. Okay. Next. Manot, by the way, is plural, not singular. Okay, let's continue. The next thing is, I'm going to give you a list over here of Hidurim, Mean to say that most of our Mishlou Hanot that we give, we're giving it out of kavod, out of you know respect. People give us so, oh, yeah, of course, I have Israel. Please wait by the door. We run upstairs, quick, 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 give me one of Israel, cross out the name, put this name, okay, here we go. Oh, I was waiting for you to come. Here give him Israel, right? A lot of our Hanot are that way, or we know from ahead of time who we're going to give, but we're not doing it because of the reasons that were said beforehand. So, like we said. You know, you could do whatever, you could give anything. You could give whatever you like, a piece of candy, technically. But there are other Hidurim that we mentioned or we didn't mention yet. A person should try at least one Mishloh manot to do it in a way that covers all opinions. I'm give you over here seven different Hidurim that a person should keep in mind. When giving at least one Mishra Try to do this one Mishra that way, and then do whatever you like with the rest. This way, you're your Sayyidah Chubah, your the of Kavod, and, and, and you know, basically things, because you live in a society, you have to give everybody Mishra Let's go through the seven. Number one is, it has to be given on Purim Day. All right? Obviously, that's a deen. Number two. It should be according to your standard and the receiver's standard. So, if you are a wealthy person and you have so many people coming to you and giving you, and you're really, you know, you're not so wealthy, you're not uh, a billionaire, but you know, you're fine, you're you're pretty okay, you're good. um, But you can't just buy a fancy thing for every single person that's going to knock on your door. You're expecting to give 200, you want to spend now $20 on each one, it's $4,000, you know, you're not in the mood to spend that. And you know that everybody's going to throw it out afterwards. So what you could do is, at least one of them, you should give something very, very hashub, very good, according to your standards, whatever those standards are. And even if you're not on such a high standard, the receiver, whoever you're giving it to, let's say you're giving it to a wealthy person, or you're giving it to a rabbi with respect, a rav of the shul, a rosh yeshiva, should also be given with a... You know, according to their standard, so at least give that one Ahmed. Note, make it nice and fancy and give it to them, at least one of them. And if you don't want to give to such a person, you want to give somebody on the lower, that's fine, so you don't have to make it so fancy. But it should be according to your standard and the receiver's standard. Next, number three. It should be, like we said, two different types of food or a food and a drink. Number four, to be say all opinions, there is an opinion of the Torah that's quoted in the Benish High, some say it's the same, where each food that you're giving should be in a separate container by itself. Because there's the Torah holds that if you put both containers in this in one big container, so they become all as one. So therefore, make the two foods in two separate containers. So Allah uh, just give you an example. We're gonna use this later on. Give a khala and a bottle of wine, like that. The khala is obviously put in a nice plate and a bottle of wine by itself. These are two separate containers. It should be given as such. Next, number five. Try to give something that could be eaten as part of the meal. Not just junk food. Most of them are being distributed as junk food, which is fine. But remember, it's supposed to be the idea of it according to some opinions is that it's supposed to be something that you use for the meal. Most of that junk food that you're giving are not being used as a meal. The best, maybe they'll snack on it on Purim or maybe later. If not, they're going to drop it off by the Shiva the next day or two. So therefore, give something that could be eaten by the meal. Of course, you have to make sure that's according to the standards of a kashrut of the person who's receiving it. Number six, send it with a messenger. At least one, of them, like we mentioned before, Make sure you send it with a with messenger. And by the way, the messenger could be right in front of you. Sometimes I have a few people that are in my house. They all came at the same time. So let's say I'll have Michael and uh, Yosef. So I'll say, Yosef, take my Mishra You're going to be my messenger to deliver it to Michael right here in front of me. And then Michael, take my Mishra Hamanot, and give me my delivery boy. You're going to deliver it to Yosef. And they'll do the same thing back. At least for one Mishra HaMannot, try to do it this way to be Yosef HaMannot. And try, number seven, try to give it to a person who is going to receive it as well. So this way, you will say according to all opinions. The example that we gave before, we're going to repeat it again. Challah and wine, try to give it to one person. It could even be to your parents. It could even be, let's say, invited to somebody's house for a meal. Then, you know, one time we did this also with my siblings, where we all got together and we decided that, each one, you know, so it shouldn't be too hard on one person. Each person is going to cook a dish. So that's what we did. We came, let's say I came with the sesame chicken and my sister came with the, uh, with the lo mein and this one came, whatever it was, and then the rice. So let's say we came with the sesame chicken and a bottle of wine. I gave it to one of my siblings and I said, okay, now you give it to my other sibling. And then we all rotated. We all made each other shaliyah to give each other the food. And then we all shared together in the food. It's fine. I don't have to eat my whole thing by myself. I could share with everybody. So try to do that as well. Try to make it something that's that could be eaten also in the meal, and the people should accept it and eat it. Now, before we move on to the next point in the misloch is that I want to mention something very important, and that is, like we said before, most of our misloch note, we're giving it not because you know of the reasons that are really that we're mitakin. Remember, the reasons that they instituted in Mr. is in order that we want to increase love amongst the Jewish people and we want to ensure that somebody has Meshach So therefore, it's highly recommended that a person should be on the lookout from now to make a list to give to people who fit in that criteria. Number one, give it to someone that you probably, that you have a fight with, whether you had a fight with him this year, last week, Seven years ago, try to break your Yetzirah, try to overcome your and go and give that person a Mishlo Wahmanot. And it's better if you go in person. And trust me, it does a lot. Don't think that, oh, you know, he's going to make fun, he's going to reject it. Not at all. Unless the guy is really cruel. Nah, I don't think so. I'm Purim. Hard to find. Break your yetzara and go to the person's house, and deliver a Mishlo Wahmanot. You'll see how much that breaks, how much of the ice that breaks. Another thing is, Give it to needy people. And I mean over here, needy people are two types of needy people. Number one is socially needy. You know, there's always that guy that you know is not going to get so much. There's that neighbor that you know not too many people are going to knock on their door. So therefore, you make sure to give them Mishlo Ahmanot. It does so much. You don't know how much that means, especially if you're the popular person on the block, you're the popular person in the group, and you're a person or people respect, it means so much to if you do it in your with you personally. Remember, the, we want to increase love, we want to bring simhat to people that need it. And they, on this day, where everybody's getting hundreds or, or tens of Mishlo Ahmanot, and this poor person is getting because she two or three, because only because people just exchange with him because he gave them first, you initiate and you go out of your way to that person's house and give them Mr. Manot. Another person who's needy is financially needy. You know, there's people, yeah, they'll give Mr. Manot and you could tell them Mr. Manot was, you know, was squeezing themselves out. So give them a nice platter of food. It's Mr. Manot. Pretend it's Mr. Manot. But like we said, it's the way that you... Give them a nice plate that they're going to eat. I guarantee they're not going to give it out. They're not going to recycle yours. They're going to use it for their sauda I don't know how good of a saoudah they'll have. So now you're not going to find these people on Purim. But they are around on Purim. You know why you're not going to find them? Because you're not thinking about them. Your Purim is so busy, but we have so many mitzvot on that day. So therefore, from today, make a list of the people, that anyway you're making a list of people you can give, don't forget to include these three, these three people. Number one, a person that you had a fight with, somebody that you able to enhance your relationship with them. Number two, person who is socially needy. Number three, is person who is financially needy. And by the um, Ompurim, a lot of people from Israel that go around collecting. You know, I happen to know personally a few of these people that go around, some of them are Rabbanim. Uh, I'm not telling you there's fakers, there's no fakers, there's some fakers, but a lot of them are legitimate good people and this is you know unfortunately this is how they have to spend their Purim while we're enjoying they're going around from house to house trying to get a little bit a few dollars even if you don't have so much to give them financially when they come into your house offer them something to eat it's just it should make some sort of like you know food some drinks so they should come in it's like a little bit of a my note. and of course they're tired they're hungry they're not going to say it but they walk around collecting all day they don't have really the time to eat so when they come in anyway, invite them for a little bit of a little bit of, khayyim, a little bit of a drink, give them over them, don't just from the door give them something and you know, goodbye, this is a day that you want to increase Simha to everybody don't forget anyone okay, the last point now is regarding the mourner's obligation and Aveil's obligation with Matanot Le'Ebioni and Mishloah Manot the mourner's obligation is as following as follows, okay, to give or to receive in Manot, the halakha differs. So let's start like this. To give Mishloach Manot, a mourner is Hayab. By the way, a mourner means anybody within the mourning stage, whether it's Betuch shiva, Shoshim, or Betuch Shana. A mourner is Hayab to give Mishloach Manot. However, he should limit it to just one person. I'll read it for you. If a person had somebody who died, that he has to mourn for, right before Purim, and now Purim came, however, there is no external signs of mourning. And Maran says, manot. He's hayab. he's obligated to send manot. He's not exempt from m'shloach manot. So a mourner is obligated to give m'shloach manot. At least one person, that's the minimum. Let him do that. Receiving on the other end is a little bit more uh, complicated, let's say that. It's a mahlokit in Shulchan Aruch. Yoreh de'as manshin pehe halakha gimul between Maran and the Ramah. It depends on the deen of she'elat shalom if it's nohag during Shabbat and yamim Tobim. So according to Maran, that during the days of Shabbat yamim Tobim, noten shalom lechol adam beShabbat shum You're allowed shalim be shalom You're allowed to say shalom to the avelim, and they could answer back because otherwise it'll be like we're publicizing his mourning. However, the Ramah writes no asul l'shloah manot because. You're not allowed to ask Bishlomo. So, the halakha, there's a machloket on Shabbat if you could say shalom to a mourner or not, the Ramah connects that also to Mishloach Manot. That means, if you're allowed to give shalom to a mourner, you're allowed to also give him Mishloach Manot. And that's the opinion of Shohan Aluch. And according to the Ramah, it's forbidden. You're not, allowed to ask, you're not allowed to say shalom to an avail on Shabbat. So too, Ampurim is also the mourner is not allowed to receive. It's like a form of receiving shalom, it's of, it's receiving a gift. And that is, we would say, a mahloka that then we should technically say it's mahloka between Sfaradim and Ashkenazim regarding a mourner. Could he receive gifts or not? It sounds like, according to Sferadim, not a problem. You could receive gifts. According to Ashkenazim, you cannot, a mourner cannot receive gifts. However, you should know the Benish Hai is mahmil like the rama. Benish Hai says that a mourner should not receive gifts. yet yeah, disagrees because Manan, Manan Shohana rules that you could receive. So therefore, if you're Benish Hai Nick and you file everything with the Benish Hai, so don't give it to the mourner. Or if you're the mourner yourself, but what you could do is what everybody agrees on. Is that you could give it to a family who's not a mourner? So let's say the father of the family, let's go back to Mishpahat Cohen. So the father, father Cohen, Dad Cohen is a mourner. So don't give it to dad, give it to mom, give it to uh son Cohen, Sonny Cohen, right? Give it to him, let him be the receiver, which is understood, again, you're giving it out of respect. But when you give it to Sonny Cohen, Right, Daddy Cohen knows that it's going to him, really, but which means it's you're doing it out of respect. You showed your respect that you're giving him the Mishlo Ahmanot. Another thing that everybody agrees on if the Moor himself fits into the category of an Ani or of a poor person, then everybody agrees you could give him Mishlaw Ahmanot and he could receive Mishlo Ahmanot. There already it becomes more like a tzedakah and he's allowed to receive it as well. One final question. And that is, what would a person do if they're stuck in the hospital and they don't have anybody around them? They're stuck in the hospital and they don't have anybody around them to give. So if your roommate, let's answer that very quickly. If your roommate in the hospital is an, is a Jew, if he's not religious, you can give them Mishra Ahmanot. It could be your Sayyidah Now what does Mishra mean? Well, everybody gives you food. So you give, take any food as long as it's kosher. And one food, one drink, and give it to you're uh, the guy next, next to you in the hospital. As long as he is not a kofir, person who, he says he's an atheist, he doesn't believe, he has to be a Jew, even if he's not religious, as long as he's not a kofir, you could be your say the to give by giving it to another Jew. Also, if there's a nurse, or if there is a doctor in the hospital, even though we said men should not give to women, and women should not give to men, he, when you're stuck, you could give it with, of course, Explaining that this is a hayyub if they're Jewish. Even if they're not religious, as long as they're Jewish, you can explain to them that, you know, it's today Purim, we have to give another gift, and you could give it to the nurses or to the doctors. When you're a person, a person who is really, really stuck, then they could just appoint a shliah. They could call someone, please deliver two types of food to Mr. So-and-so, and that's how they could be your tzedeh obat, the mitzvah of mishloach manot. Now, let me tell the listeners right now. If you know any such people, it's a big mitzvah to visit them on Purim to bring them something that they're able to give other people as well. That should be Mikayim Nibzah Mishloh Give them. In this way, they're able to give others as well. And sometimes they might be able to give you. It's a big, big mitzvah if you're able to find some sort of time to squeeze to be able to visit such people that unfortunately have to spend Purim in the hospital. <clears throat> we move on now to the next subject and that is Matanot L'Ebionim now Matanot L'Ebionim the Halakha says it's supposed to be given right after Shahrit on the daytime and technically we should talk about it later but I'm speaking about it now because of the way we give Matanot L'Ebionim in our days a little bit of a background Matanot L'Ebionim is also found in the Pasuk that's what the Pasuk says What's the reason they instituted Matar The answer is, like we said, we want to ensure everybody has what to eat. Everybody should celebrate on this day. So therefore, they instituted that a, uh, that everybody should give money to at least Ebyonim. Ebyon is a poor person, but Ebyonim in Hebrew, it's plural, minimum of two people. What could you give them? You don't have to give them necessarily money. You could give them either money or food because remember, the idea is that you should provide them with the ability to have a sa'udah. So that could come in money or food. The problem is that we don't find, as Mishnah Barah put time, we don't find in Halakha a clear definition of how much to give for matanot le'bionim. It says give them gifts, matana. How much gifts do I have to give them? So here we find what we basically categorize as three categories. The Mishabura quotes the Ritva, one of the Rishonim. The Ritva says, prutot. Prutot, can be de Now, prutot, rabotada, equals to something around five cents a nickel? Maybe. I'm being very nice and generous when I say five cents. So to give an Anif five cents, to give two Anim, oh, with ten cents I'm say De chobah. Well, technically, right? It's a minimum, but the Aharonim bring down, that that's ridiculous. Two Prutot, maybe Prutot were more worth back then. Two Prutot in our days, based on the price that we have, is nothing. What can a person buy with it? No, so the Aharonim bring down, no. It should be given, you should give something that a person is able to buy with it, a good amount of food. The Aharonim bring down, like the Benishai and others, they should be able to buy so betsim of bread. That's so is six they're talking about, they're talking about Around six ounces of bread. So basically a pack of pita, around the 175 $2. That is what a person should give, preferably, but that's only bread. The minhag is that people give enough for. A little bit of a meal. People, I always grew up with the notion that you give them enough for two slices of pizza and a french fries. That this way, it's like in Mishloh that you give them. So we always price it between $2 to $7. I'll tell you what the, what the better way of thinking. If you want to know how to figure out how much to give an Ani, I'll tell you. You can figure out in the following. Let's flip tables for a second. Hasbeth Shalom. If Hasbeth you were the Ibion. If you were the one on the receiving end, and you don't have what to eat on Purim, and you want people to give you a Sauda, you know, not from everybody, but from someone, they should be able to give you a Sauda. How much would you want to receive? Two prutot, a nickel? Two dollars? Seven dollars? How much would you want to give? How much would you want somebody to give you? And that's how much you should give to somebody else. And that's how you can figure out. Now, do you have to give. Every single Ani that comes to you that way, no, 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 no. But at least two anim. So therefore, whatever amount that you feel is respectable and honorable, give it to two anim. So if you feel, you know what, $25, I'll be happy. So take $50 for two anim and give it. And that's the amount that you should give. But you decide how much Ani should give. You want to know what the greatest level, the third category, the best, best thing to do? Is what the Rambam writes. I'm going to read you the words of Rambam inside, such beautiful words. And he says like this Better that a person should give more to Matanot than he should give, than the amount that he gives for his meal on Purim or the amount that he's spending on the Mishlo that he's giving to friends. Why, says the Rambam? There's no greater happiness and there's no more honorable happiness than to make people who are poor, widows and orphans happy. And when you're doing such a thing, you like the Shekhinah, you like Hashem Himself. ruach shefalim kaim to revive the spirit of those who are down, and to bring back the hearts of those who are downtrodden. That's what the Rambam writes. So the third category is, and when I, Baruch Hashem, it's beautiful. I see some people, you know, as a Rambam Neshul, so they come to me and they give me the money, and you see some people that do this. It's so wonderful, it's so nice to see the Baruch Hashem. There's a lot of wonderful people out there. Is that they go to their wives, the man goes to his wife, and he says, how much did you spend on mishloach Manot for everybody in the family for us and the kids how much are we spending on the Saudan Purim? even if we're invited out fine well how much is the total? $200? fine 201 Rabbi this I want you to take 201 now and give it to Matanot La'abi that's a beautiful thing to give more than what you're spending on yourself to give that to Matanot La'abi it's a beautiful thing obligation? no but it's definitely the best category if you want to be mekayem the mitzvah behidura. that's where you start, you want to give more, of course. Like he, like the Rambam says, that's even better. You're dometa the Shekhinah. Another way to do this is that you can invite them over. You invite them over for the Sa'uda and have them come over. You can be also mikayim if you're really stuck. Now, where could the money come from that you give to mitarot abionim? The minimum. Whatever minimum we sell, like whether you call it two prutot or the two meals, two dollars to each person, the minimum has to be from your own pocket. It cannot be from ma'asir. But if you want to add on to that, give from ma'asir as much as you like. Why not? You can give it matanot Tanot Ebyonim. That should be distributed on Purim. And Abutai, you should know, speaking to some anima, don't speak to so much to them, but this is the day that they all look forward to because Baruch Hashem, they get over a lot they're they, 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 they are able to pay a lot of bills usually a lot of these people are on d- big uh, you know debts and most people have an image that an ani is like one of those stories that you hear or you read from like a hundred years ago the ani is this poor guy with rags and he's living on Osho no 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 that's not that's not the unfortunate the in our days the aniim are people that are sitting right next to you in shul the aniim could be the tutors of your kids that are learning in Kholeil the Aniyin can be many people. You want to know what's an ani in Ebyon, according to Halakha? According to Halakha, you look in Shulchan Aruch, Yore De'a, in the Halakhot of, I believe, Reshnun Het or Reshnun Zain, or Halakhot of Tzedakah. Over that the Halakha clearly defines what's the definition of a poor person. You know what the definition of a poor person is? It's any person whose income cannot meet his expense. That means, let's say his expense throughout the whole year, whether it's tuition, whether it's clothing. Yes, Anim also have tuition. Yes, Anim also have to pay for clothing. Yes, Anim also have holidays with their kids that they have to celebrate. And they have to pay for food. Okay, so they get some benefits from the government, but they also have expenses on top of that. So all that expense that they're spending throughout the year, so let's say it comes out to $100,000, let's say. And his income is eighty thousand. Eighty thousand—that's a lot of money. But you know what? His regular expenses. Not talking about—he's spending luxurious. Not talking about—he's going vacationing every other day. No, no, no. He does minimum. He takes his. Yes, he sends his kids to camp because that's a normal standard. Yes, he'll take a weekend away to relax from a stressful job to go away to Jersey for a little bit. But that's not because he, he's not going to the islands. And he's not. No, no, no. He's—he's he's, you know—he's functioning as a normal person. He has bills to pay and normal bills, and he cannot meet it. That's an ani. An ani is a person whose income does not meet his expenses. He has to spend a hundred thousand, he only makes eighty thousand. Of course, if he makes even less. So technically, you know, most people learning kollel qualify as aniim. Believe it or not, yeah, because. Most people call it barely make it. The wife works here and he gets a little bit from there. And, uh, and somehow, miraculously, they end up somehow with something. But of course, if you know somebody who really needs it, people are really in debt. It's a big mitzvah to give them. And by the way, the more related to you they are, the closer they are to you in blood, relatives or your wife's relatives, it's a bigger mitzvah. As we find in the halakhot of tzedakah, it's better to give to the people who are closer to you than to give it to strangers or people, you know, especially from different places. And even, by the way, own family members. If you have a brother who's an Ebyon, who's an Ani, who qualifies an Ani, and Baruch Hashem, you're doing well to give him Matanot L'Ebyonim, you say the and it's even preferable. When should a person give Matanot L'Ebyonim? It has to be on Purim Day itself. That means the Ebyon has to receive it on Purim. doesn't mean you have to give it on Purim meaning most people today from what I've seen is that they don't actually give the money themselves to the ani. rather they give the money to the rabbi or to a person in charge of an institution whether it's Kupat or Va'da Rabbani whatever it is and then they give it then the rabbis or people in charge of the fund they'll give it out to whoever they feel is needy and the rabbi gives it out obviously on Purim day so as such I make the announcement every single year. I really hope that people listen. You always have one or two people that will knock on your door last second, five minutes before Purim is over, and ask you, oh, by the way, I I didn't give my tanah to Bionim, Rabbi. Do you, you know, here, take $20 and I'm going to say the Please, if you're not giving the money to the Ani directly and you're giving it to somebody to give it for you on your behalf, give them enough time to be able to allocate the money in the right way. Especially if you... I know, for example, if I'm giving out my Tanul and I know how much I'm giving out already from before, from uh, three days before Purim, I could divide it in envelopes. It could be something mechubbad. When I give it to a person who needs it, it comes in a nice envelope. And sometimes you get money, even those who want to give it on Purim Day itself. Rabotai, the mezbah is not that you should give it to the rabbi on Purim. The is that the ani should receive it on Purim. So make sure you give the money to the to whoever, to the rabbi or whoever you want to give it to who's going to deliver for you before purim enough time you can already give it from now and he'll deliver for you on purim next the rabbis who are giving out the 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 matanot halakha brings down that they should give it preferably immediately after shahar before they do anything else they should give it then who is obligated in the mitzvah? Well, of obviously all men. Also, all women also have to be the hayab also to give. So that means men, who, you're, if you're giving money, give it also on behalf of your wife as well. Also, any boys or girls above the age of bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, their parents should, you know, if they have their own income or if they get some allowance, they also have to give. And even children under... Persons to train these kids to give. Question: Could you give a check to Naani? This is a mahlokit between the Aharonim. The following poskim are Matir, Orbach, Rav Rav They all say you could give it, you could give a check, and you could be Le'ibyonim. So if you want to give, let's say, av- two of av- your want to give them a check, $20 each, you could do that, even if it's post-dated. Even if it's post-dated, that's a major hadush. However, of Nisim Karel, it said, although he could give a check, but it has to be that he's able to cash it that day. So you can't give him a post dated check. Also, you can't give it to him when Purim is on Sunday when the banks are closed. Unless I guess he has that, you know, the app and he could uh, you know deposit the check from the phone. Okay, fine. Yes, anim also have smartphones. okay. Anyway, um, so but checks could also be given. And of course, if you're giving the rabbi the check and he's gonna cash it in and give him give the ani, of course, he could do that as well. Now, one last point about Matanot before we conclude this class, and that is the Halakha says, Whoever sticks out his hand, you give it to him. What does that mean? We don't examine, we don't check. If the guy is needy or not, Purim, you give it to him. Now the tour when he quotes this halakha, he quotes from the name of the Ramban and the Muke Yosef. He adds in at the end, and he says, whether it's a Jew or a Goy. So it sounds like even Goyim, even if a goy sticks out his hand on Purim, you could give to him. However, the Bet Yosef quotes the Hagahod Mamniyot in the name of the Mahzor Vitri, who, who was uh, one of the students of Rashi, who wrote a book, and, and he quotes Rashi in there, and he says that Rashi used to get so bothered when he would see people on Shab- on, on Purim giving to Goyim. He says he's taking away two problems. Number one is he taking away that money they could have given to a Jew, you're giving it now to a non-Jew. Number two is, you're also making it like this, holiday is for everybody. No difference, Jew or non-Jew alike. So he used to bother him a lot. So Maran concludes in his halakha, when he brings it, he says like this, We don't, Check out the guy when we're coming to give him money on Purim. He sticks out his hand. <speaking in> Whoever <Hebrew> no, sticks out his hand, we give him anything—a dollar, a quarter, whatever it is. It's a good idea, by the way, to have a roll of dollars or quarters and to give it out. The <speaking in Hebrew> concludes only if there's a minhag in your area where you live that they also give goyim, you could continue. But if there's not such a minhag, you should not give it. To non-Jews, not today. You want to give it to non-Jews, give it a different day. Today is a day for the Jewish people to increase ha amongst the Jewish people. We're going to have to stop here. Just keep in mind about that. That This Shabbat is Parashat Zakhor. Men are obligated here. It's Mesvad Deoraita. Women should preferably also here. And next week, we'll finish up the halakha. We'll talk about Tanit Esther. But they, oh, I forgot. Next week, the class will be on Tuesday. and will be aired on again as a repeat on Wednesday in the same time. So, look out for that class next week. It's going to, again, be on Tuesday. Next week is a change of uh, schedule. So, we'll talk about Anit Esther. We'll talk about Purim Day itself, the laws of Makar and the party, drinking. Make sure you listen to that class next week. And this class will be aired on again tonight at 10 p.m. Thank you, Iran. Thank you, Jay Root for hosting us we'll see you next week anybody has a question call in right now 718-683-5858 or text in at 347-927-8398